Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex Beatsman, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Wednesday, January 11th. Ian Cameron, and uh, joined today by someone else, indeed, after a couple solo uh, jobs by me on the show this week. We've got Matthew Wright joining me here for this Wednesday edition of the show. He was on with us, I think, just a couple of weeks ago. Did a great job back with us again today. Matt, how are you doing? Thanks for having me back on, Ian. Uh, I'm doing great. I, uh, I was actually down in Halifax for the uh, World Juniors last week, which was a very, very cool experience. Probably the best sporting experience I've had to date and uh, still kind of recovering from that trip. But uh, definitely looking forward to be back on the show and talking about you know that trip and talking about some hockey tonight. Yeah, no question. Uh, talk a little bit about that experience for you with the uh, World Juniors. I mean, just watching on television, the atmosphere sounded incredible. Uh, imagine being there. No exciting hockey, nothing really going on there at the World Juniors. You only had multiple thrilling comebacks. You had a great Canada-U.S. game with controversy from the U.S. side in terms of a couple of goals got called back. You had an insane gold medal game where Czechia comes back from 2 nothing down, ties it as the entire country in panic mode that we might uh, cough up the gold medal here. And then, of course, they get the Dylan Gunther golden goal uh, to win the gold medal in overtime. Uh, just an incredible experience. I'm sure you had a blast. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was down. I was down for the New Year's game against Sweden, which was, you know, probably the best New Year's I've ever had, being in a rink. Uh, so that was a cool experience. And then the quarterfinals was very nerve wracking against Slovakia. Uh, credit to the Slovaks, they played an awesome game. Their goaltender stood on his head. Uh, but to win that game, that was the the big one to win that game because I think the tournament's a different tournament if Canada's out before the semis. So. Uh, the the U.S. Canada game that was probably the loudest building I've ever been in. That that built the first ten minutes. U.S. was all over Canada. There was definitely a lot of nerves in the building, but it was loud. It was exciting. Uh, and the other games that Canada wasn't a part of were awesome as well. So that was the cool thing about Halifax was they filled the rank for every game, uh, which a lot of the tournaments, you know, World Juniors, you don't see that. You know, you get the host country will have a full barn, and other than that, it's you know hit or miss but every game was full uh it was funny it was uh more nervous and more i'd say loud for the the semi-final canada us um than it was for the final the final it seemed like canada kind of was in control the whole game and people and like i was sitting you know lower bowl and and talking with people like we were just having conversations during the final whereas in the semi-final it was it was more nervous until in the final when it got 2-2. Even at 2-1, it was uh, everyone still kind of felt good because Canada was in control of the game. But once Czechia scored to make it 2-2, that's when the kind of the tension started in the building. And But I've never heard a building louder than when Canada scored in the final. Uh, it was the, – the building was shaking. Uh, I know people say that, but uh, it, it really was shaking. It was, uh, it was cool to be a part of it. Luckily for me, the goal was – about 15 rows in front of me. So I got a, a great view of, of the goal and, you know, credit to Canada, credit to Czechia. It was all in all just a great tournament and a great experience. And, you know, I was glad I was able to be a part of it. 
Yeah, it definitely sounds like it was a great time. I mean, Heave Away was played in the marina every time Canada scored. You could hear the thunderous clapping in unison every time they scored to that song that's played, and just the environment was crazy. All right, one last question about the World Juniors, then we'll move on to NHL stuff. Connor Bedard, watching him live in person, thoughts? Incredible. Uh, I... <laughs> It's one of those things where you hear about it. I, I, I heard, you know, I've, I've heard about him for years. You, you follow in the WHL a bit, what he's been doing, and and you don't get to appreciate it until you get there and see what he did live. He is, he's the best player I've seen live at the junior level. Oh, I don't know. I saw Crosby too, and when, when I was younger, I, I couldn't appreciate Crosby when I was younger because I was ten years old watching Crosby come through at the junior age. But Bedard is amazing. His vision, I think, doesn't get enough credit. Uh, yes, he's an incredible goal scorer, but his vision, even in the New Year's game, he made three or four passes against Sweden that I just couldn't believe it. I was shaking my head, like, where do you come up with? He made a play, a hard rim to his strong side where he made a touch pass to the far side D off of a hard rim for the far side D to walk in for a shot. Like, it's, it's just something I wouldn't even think of trying, and he made it look easy. He's so cool, calm, collected. He makes everyone else on the ice better. And what I love about him is he's not afraid to go to the dirty areas either. He, he's Yes, he's great that. off the perimeter. Yes, he has a great shot. But he'll go to the front of the net. He'll take a yeah. whack. He'll he'll be creative. And if you notice him coming into faceoffs, he's always talking with his D, talking with his center. This is where I'm going to be. You know, this is where I'm going to go to, you, you know, chirping players on the other team too. He's got an edge to him. He does. He's got an edge. He's, and I love when he scores other than the Slovakia goal in the quarters, when he scores, it's just, he's like, all right, let's go. Let's keep moving on. He's, he's for the team. He, he just wants to be part of the team too. Like he, he doesn't want to be bigger than, you know, he doesn't want to be a Connor, Connor Bernard show. It was about team Canada. And I think his teammates really, really like him too. I think that it's one of those things. Sometimes you get a, you know, a, a star player or someone who's better than everyone else. Who's, you know, some guys just don't like playing around that guy because they, you know, maybe they're not the nicest person in the world because they're better. He seems to love his teammates. His teammates seem to love him. So I think he's going to be a great, a, a, you know, any NHL team that wins the lottery, he's going number one and he's going to turn a franchise around. He, yes, he's a little undersized, but he, his size doesn't affect him out there. And he threw a few really big hits as well. And he's not afraid of the contact. So all in all, better live than a person, better live than watching on TV. And if you get a chance to watch this guy in the WHL or in the NHL the next couple of years, he's a must watch. He's buy that ticket, pay the extra price, go watch him play. Yeah, totally worth it. No question. It's going to be one of those people that day hey, you go to the hockey game, you pay the ticket, even if it's outrageous, even if parking is too much, even if the concession stands are a ripoff, whatever the case may be, you find your way to get your fucking ass in the seat to watch that guy play. That is exactly what you do uh, when it's Connor Bedard on the marquee. I agree with that. Like just worth the price of admission uh, all by itself. Crazy. Speaking of the ju world junior hockey championship, it's like some of these junior teams, they're giving up basically their life savings. To in, a, in trades for some of these kids recently, just all this activity. Shane Wright gets landed by the Windsor Spitfires. Of course, out west, Olin Zellweger, who's a great player, who was on that World Junior team. It's like they gave up a king's ransom for this guy. Uh, you know, it's just unbelievable the price you got to pay to pick up some stud kid, a uh, young, talented prospect you're playing in junior. 
Yeah, for sure. Especially with Kamloops hosting the Mem Cup. I understand why they made, you know, made the trades they did. They kind of, I'd say, mortgaged the next four years of their, of their, of their, you know, team, of, of their franchise for that Memorial Cup. But uh, the amount of picks that go into these trades now with junior hockey, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but it's what you have to do as a junior team is, if you're going to be in, you got to be all in for junior. And then if you're going to be bad, be really bad. You can't kind of tread water in junior hockey. Uh, if you have picks, don't be afraid to use them because especially with Zellweger, he's got another year left. So maybe you flip him next year. And the C the St. John Sea Dogs are, are a great, you know, idea for that. Where if you look in the queue this year, the St. John Sea Dogs are in last place. Uh, they're, they're completely rebuilding. They've traded away a couple pieces that they had left from the Mem Cup. And in three or four years, they're going to be a really good team. But are they going to struggle for this year and next year? Yeah, they are because they don't have first round picks. They don't have second round picks. But in junior hockey, you have to, you know, if you want to win, you have to go all in. And it's going to, you know, you're going to feel it for the, ne the couple years following that. So you better win. But uh, but you're going to pay the price and you have to pay the price to get those elite players. But it makes it fun. It's cool to see that when there's there's big moves happening, like sometimes, yeah, you think they gave up too much, but I'd rather see someone give up too much than no action at all. Yeah, exactly. That's what you got to be. And it's funny you mentioned the uh, St. John Sea Dogs, last year's Memorial Cup champions, broke the fucking heart of my team. Uh, Hamilton Bulldogs uh, in the uh, final last year. And Hamilton's in the same boat like they're selling off this year. Uh, they're, they're selling all their key pieces. All the big guns from last year's Memorial Cup team are, are pretty much gone. So it's the exact same thing uh, that they're going through uh, right now. All right, let's turn our attention to NHL. Uh, last night, we'll recap uh, last night's uh, action uh, first uh, in terms of NHL action. Uh, Tampa Bay 6-3 to three over Columbus. Man, that game was nearly perfect for me. Tampa first period puck line cash. Tampa minus 2.5. The alternative puck line plus 110 cashed. Nearly got that same game parlay where I had the Bolts money line, minus one and a half, minus two and a half, and minus three and a half. It was like a ladder bet, if you will, and fell just short. Uh, but uh, definitely uh, it ended up 6-3, uh, still a very good result for me betting-wise. And it was just very simple. John Cooper was pissed after the Winnipeg loss, not happy, and the Lightning certainly came out that way strong. Uh, and ended up uh, rolling the victory over uh, Columbus last night by a score of 6-3 to three in that game. The response I expected from the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning in that one. Uh, great game between the Wild and the Rangers. 4-3 shootout win for the Rangers. Uh, great game back and forth there. Uh, New Jersey, how about the comeback for them in the third period uh, against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes? Well, it started at the end of the second period when they were down 3-1. Bang, bang, they tie it up with two quick goals, and, and then they end up winning 5-3 against Carolina two wins in a row now for the Devils my plan is to ride this team a little bit I cashed a ticket with them as underdogs last night at Carolina my goal is maybe to ride this team a little bit that they've gone through their woes they've gone through the abyss of their just wretched losing streak and now they're pulling themselves back out of it now that's back-to-back -back wins comeback victories as well uh, against both the Rangers and and the Hurricanes. So signs of life and turning the, the ship in the other direction, if you will, uh, for the uh, New Jersey Devils. 4-3 uh, Seattle uh, over the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we got uh, some last-minute magic to cash the over in that game with the uh, Buffalo goal at 4-3 to uh, turn that into a win. Um, 
Unbelievable stuff with Vancouver and Pittsburgh. 5-4, Pittsburgh gets the victory over Vancouver. Vancouver goes up 3-0 in the first 10 minutes. And sure as sure, sure to shit, and in the very next 10 minutes, they completely blow the 3-0 lead. It's gone, just like that. 3-3, uh, three, three, and it ends up 5-3 in favor of Pittsburgh. 5-4, uh, I should say, in favor of Pittsburgh. Just awful stuff from the Canucks. The penalty kill was bad. You can't protect a lead. It's been the same old, same old uh, event for the uh, Vancouver Canucks this season. How about Detroit? 7-5 to over Winnipeg. Uh, kind of concerned about the spot for Winnipeg that hey, maybe a little bit of a flat spot that sure started that way for them. They really dominated the latter stretches of the game, but they couldn't buy a goal with the chances they had. Huso was very good and that was not one of Connor Hellebuck's better games. So put it all together. It was a 7-5 win for Detroit. No panic with Winnipeg. It was a bit of a flat spot. They played like it. They're fine. I'm sure uh, they'll be looking to bounce back next time out. Dallas 2-1 in a shootout over the Islanders. 4-2 San Jose over Arizona. Very disappointing uh, result for Arizona. Good thing I split it up this time with them. First period and full game money line. We at least cashed the first period with uh, Arizona and San Jose with the 4-2 uh, uh, victory in that game. Uh, Calgary, uh, more disappointment from them. I mean, they have a 3-1 lead going into the third. You think they're, they're going to be fine. They're playing a very injury-riddled St. Louis team, especially on the blue line. They end up coughing up the 3-1 lead, 3-3 with two quick Blues goals in the third period. Couldn't stop uh, the Robert uh, Thomas line uh, in that game. Uh, and we'll, we'll play some Sutter sound. This is becoming a now daily occurrence here, especially after a bad game. we got to hear what Daryl Sutter has to say uh, here on the Ice Guys show, one of our favorites. Uh, and they end up losing, of course, 4-3 in overtime to the Blues. And very frustrating that, you know, actually it could have been worse for me with the Colorado Avalanche because they were my best bet yesterday. Colorado minus 125. They lose to Florida 5-4. I was livid with that first period from Flor from Colorado. That after you finally snap the losing streak against Edmonton, you're supposed to get momentum from that, and you play like that uh, in the first period. It was very disappointing to see that, but they got better as the game goes on, and they did their typical third period at home when they're trailing. They roar back. They tie the game, an unfortunate late penalty, and the Panthers get the uh, power play goal uh, in that game in a 5-4 a win. Uh, over the uh, uh, avalanche, but uh, it was it could have been worse because while the money line did not cash, I was on the Avs team total over three and a half. It got there with that third period offensive surge, and then I also added the over in the game. And thankful I did that, uh, and that one cashed as well. So uh, just uh, it ended up being a better betting result in that game than I thought. All right, let's get to Sutter, and then we'll get Matt's thoughts uh, on uh, last night's uh, games. But uh, yeah, yeah, we, we played Sutter uh, audio and video yesterday after the uh, Chicago loss. And, uh, you know, yesterday's game was another frustrating game for the Calgary Flames. You know, one of those situations where they were certainly good enough to win that game uh, and uh, played, I think, better than St. Louis for the majority. And then a bad third period gets them and they end up losing. And uh, as you can see here, not the happiest of moods from the head coach. Hard time handling the Thomas line. Yeah, they scored the power play goal to start. They scored the third goal against our veteran top line. And they scored in overtime. <laughs> Taking a veiled shot at the top line. What happened on the overtime goal? Uh, Huberdeau turned the puck over, cutting the net. And Rass probably would prefer to be in the middle of the ice. Veiled shot at Jonathan Huberdeau. you got to love it when he's mad. How do we respond to that? 
Well, we got it to overtime. It was 3 3 right away. Sort of like the start of the game. <laughs> what, why do you think the first two were What did I think? Why? Yeah. Well, what you, why would be, I'd say the first one is just a friggin' rebound. The second one is against the this one line against the Thomas line. We turned the puck over, then, then the wingers didn't take the middle. So it was line versus line. That's why. Got a score. You got a possession. You can't turn pucks over. That's there's a yeah. There's a pattern. We scored one, 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 and lost eight. That's the pattern. And you've talked a lot about in overtime. The key is not those long stretch passes. Classic. There wasn't. There wasn't long stretch passes. No, I know. Just that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe we go over it lots of them, but then you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta be able to execute it and do it. I mean, it's switched around with different guys starting. You're trying to, you know, you're not really sure on the road who the other team's going to start. So we've done different things. So we just went head to head tonight. So Kadri, Huberdo, and and uh, Anderson against against their three big guys. It's up to them now. There he is, the one and only Daryl Sutter. Not exactly happy uh, with that. Uh, lost last night calling out everybody Kadri Huberto talking about uh you know a little agitated and uh Matt we'll talk get your thoughts on last night but uh Calgary is one of those teams where they are statistical darlings to everybody the metrics community people that look at their advanced numbers and they see all these great numbers for Calgary and it's not resulting in the win-loss record that they should have yeah something's off there right now they just can't seem to find their mojo for lack of a better term, they, they're inconsistent and, you know, their top guys are underperforming and they just don't seem to have the chemistry that they need to be successful. And, you know, they'll put a couple wins together and then they won't be able to keep, keep it going. They can't seem to put any long streaks together. And, you know, Markstrom hasn't had the year he's hoped for. Um, it's just, it all seems just hasn't come together yet. Luckily enough, they're still, you know, in a position that they can make the playoffs as we know, you just need to get in in the playoffs. But it definitely hasn't been the year that they are hoping for. And obviously, you can see that coaching isn't happy with things. And, you know, the, the, it gets – the message gets stale sometimes. I think maybe maybe with Sutter, for some guys, it's kind of wearing off right now. Uh, it just seems that, you know, what they're preaching and what they're doing seems to be two different things. And you – like they're they have such a good team though. Like we just said, you look at their roster, you look at you know the analytics, and you know from all sides of things, they're a team that you think should be you know Western Conference Finals at least. But it just hasn't come together yet. You know, it's all like you said. There's still a lot of the season left. They still have really good players. You know, do I think they shake it up at the trade deadline? I don't think they do. I think they try and keep it pat. Maybe they look to to bring in you know another D, but. I don't think there's a lot of room to do anything. I think you're kind of with this team. This is who you have, and you got to find a way to make it work. So, you know, right now Sutter's not afraid to call out his top guys. Obviously, his top guys aren't performing, but you know, Sutter's not afraid to get fired. You know, there's a guy he he'll say whatever he wants, right? Yep. He'll go back and work on the farm. Like he's not afraid to lose his job. So he'll he'll call out whoever, and and obviously he doesn't think his top guys have been good enough, and. In fairness, when you put your top guys against the other team's top guys and they beat you, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is, right? So, it's back when it plays out on the ice, exactly. It, exactly. Yeah. So, to me, 
are his comments justified? You know, yes. Should he be? Should he be probably saying them? Like he seems to be saying them in a little bit too much on a consistent basis. But you know, the team's underperforming, and they have to do something to change it up. Yeah, and uh, you're right. They're not blowing up this roster. This is the roster they put together for a playoff run. It's probably frustrating that you know it's taken them this long to gain consistency. Uh, and they're still searching for it. And it's now January 11th. And now you have to start asking yourself as we're at the halfway mark of the season now and we're approaching the all-star break, are they going to find that consistency? Are they going to find their A game? Uh, they've got a few more months to get to it, but they better hope they get to it at some point because, look, they're not assured of a playoff spot either. There's a scenario where they could miss the playoffs. You know, and for a team that we all assumed was automatically going to be in the playoffs this year, now we're not so sure uh, if that's going to be the case. All right, let's go to tonight's card. We've got four games on tap. We will begin in Philly with the Capitals and the Flyers. We've got Washington minus 180 road favorites. Uh, the total six here pretty much across the board. Flyers off a shutout victory uh, over the uh, Buffalo Sabres on Monday night. A very strong bounce back game from them after a 6 2 loss on home ice to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in the game before that. We'll see if they can uh, continue uh, to uh, build on that. Uh, and they've actually, you know, other than that Leaf game, they are 5-1 and one in their last six games here, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Capitals off a one nothing shutout victory over Columbus, one where they really didn't play uh, all that well. It is worth noting that, that it just wasn't uh, exactly their best game. Offensively, they weren't clicking uh, you know, they only had 18 shots on goal, so it definitely wasn't uh, the best game necessarily from them. Uh, Nick Backstrom, Tom Wilson uh, were back uh, in the lineup in that game against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Keep in mind, that probably had some effect on Washington's performance in that game. I mean, these are guys that, you know, have not played all season for them. So when you look at this game uh, today, clearly they should be a little bit more, you know, shake the rust out of their system type of uh, feel to them going into this game tonight after getting that first game under their belt. That should definitely help them uh, a little bit going into this one. You know, with the way Philly's playing right now, it's not outlandish to maybe take a shot with them at plus 155. I, I, I don't hate that, but I, I, ju I do have the feeling here that the uh, Flyers, you know, in this game could probably uh, find the scoreboard a little bit or light the lamp a little bit because if you actually look at the way they've been scoring offensively, uh, here lately I mean you're only asking them on home ice to score three goals uh, in this game the the, the team total does intrigue me actually it's probably the better way to look in this game uh, in comparison toward the uh, uh, money line because you're just always worried that you know Washington is a team that's going to be able to uh, light the lamp here in this one and Carter Hart you know did not play well against Toronto uh, in his last start remember that we saw Samuel Erson in net when they got the shutout against Buffalo so now it's back to Carter Hart. He'll be looking for a little bit of redemption here tonight for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. We don't have a goalie confirmed yet for Washington who's going to be in net, but we assume it's probably going to be Darcy Kemper here uh, in this game. But he'll uh, Hart, on the mean, uh, meantime, will look to bounce back following uh, that uh, tough game against Toronto. Six goals allowed on 35 shots for him uh, in that game. And look, he slumped, you know, one and three in the last four starts for him and the goals against above four. Uh, in this one. So, you know, I look at this game here. I, I definitely lean a little bit to the full game over, but I think I like that uh, taking a shot with the Flyers team total a little bit over two and a half. It's just asking them to score three goals. You know, the Toronto game, which was a bad game from their standpoint, they only scored two. Uh, but every other recent game, they have scored at least four goals. Remember, they had five against Carolina uh, as well. 
uh, in the uh, last game before the uh, Christmas break. So uh, I think that team totals the way I'm playing it. Flyers over two and a half. Uh, any thoughts here, Matt? Capitals, Flyers. Yeah, I think it's a very intriguing game because you don't normally get two teams coming in on shutout wins. It's it's a weird situation where, you know, yeah, I think it is going to be tempered tonight by by what, I, what what it's sounding like. And he stood on his head last game. And like you said, Washington did not play very well. And it's tough when you bring two, you know, top six forwards back into your back into your lineup. It, it moves everything around. It shakes up the lines. It really does throw off things. And it's hard to get that back that first game. Um, sometimes people think it's a, it, it can be a jolt of fresh energy, but you're not bringing one guy. You're bringing two guys back. So it really does mix things up. I expect a much better game at a Washington tonight than what we saw a couple nights ago. I think we see Washington put some goals on the board. I do like that two and a half uh, goals over for Philly. Philly actually has been, like you said, playing better hockey. I think sometimes Philly gets lost in the torts comments where people just think it's a tire fire there all the time, but they're actually are playing better hockey. Um, you know, Kevin Hayes for all those comments, you know, back and forth and the all-star game comments and, and the torts. I think people are getting lost in the all-star game comments by torts. And I think I look at Kevin Hayes to maybe have a point tonight. I look at Konechny as well to have a point tonight. I think the Flyers are going to have a good night. I do lean the over in this game as well, but it is tough when, like you said, Kemper stood in his head. He's a goalie who, when he gets hot, he can be real hot. I don't know. It, it's This is a game that could see some overtime potentially. You could see a, a 2-2 going into OT or a 3-3 going into OT. I think it's going to be a close one. I don't see either team blowing, you know, blowing each other out here. I see it a close game. I also look at Ovi, you know, second game back with Backstrom here, you know, get that connection back together, get the power play feeling good. I look at Ovi to have a point tonight. If you can get good money on that, I would look, search some books and look for Ovi for a point. But to me, I think this is one I'm going to maybe look player props over game props. Yeah, player props, I agree. I think it's not, not a bad game to look at in terms of uh, player props. I, I think Washington could get to four. Uh, it's just weird with Philly. Philly can sometimes, and, and Hart's, Hart too, he can be great at home. He hasn't been nearly as great lately. So I'm probably going to do a full game over and um, Philadelphia team total over split. You're right. In terms of the props, there's a lot of interesting options. For Philly, I've mentioned Frost. I've mentioned Lawton, Cates, Farabee, Konechny, Tippett. Tippett's been very good uh, this season for the Flyers. I mean, you can always go multiple directions with their props and for the uh, capitals uh, side of things you look at what uh, they've got they've obviously got uh backstrom back uh, wilson back shaking up the lines a bit lars eller's moved up to the second line keep an eye on that maybe he's got some value in his props and i keep saying sunny milano they've still got him with ovechkin and kuznetsov and they just don't price him like Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, even though he's on that top line. And he scored two goals and three points in the last four games for Washington. So I think it's probably worth a look there in terms of uh, his props uh, as well. All right, next up, we've got Nashville and Toronto. Uh, we've got uh, Toronto minus 180 uh, home favorites, uh, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, you look at the uh, Leafs uh, coming off two straight victories in their last couple of games against Detroit and Philadelphia after two losses before that against Seattle and St. Louis. The uh, Leafs now hosting this Nashville Predators team that might be playing their best hockey right now uh, of the season. That being said, they've also been outplayed in a bunch of these games they've won. 
uh, especially the last few. I mean, the Carolina game, it goes without saying, UC Soros was just spectacular. He is the sole reason they won that game. They were outshot 67-25, but they get a 5-3 win. They beat Montreal before that 6-3, but again, the Canadians are playing with a very, uh, basically an AHL blue line. Let's call it what like it is. That's exactly what Montreal's had lately. Uh, then they uh, had a 3-2 win against Washington. Again, they got a little bit outplayed and outshot in that game, but still good goaltending. It was Lankinen, actually, that night who played well. And then their last game against Ottawa, another gem from Soros. I mean, really, his last two starts, he's given up just three goals on 105 shots. He has been absolutely scintillating. And a shutout win for Soros, 3-0 uh, against Ottawa. Uh, on Monday night, so they will look to uh, keep it rolling here. I think there's, there's a live underdog, honestly, with uh, Nashville uh, here in the plus 160, plus 165 range. Uh, Leafs have ruled out Austin Matthews for this game. He's dealing with a little bit of a minor injury. It's, it's going to be day-to-day. It's not anything that's going to be long-term, but uh, an undisclosed injury uh, that he will not play tonight as a result. So there's going to be some shuffling uh, with the uh, Leafs lineup going into this game tonight. Looks like from the recent line combinations, we see uh, Tavares, Marner, uh, going to be still with uh, Callie Yarncroke, who, by the way, not only has been effective since going up the lineup to the top six the last few weeks, but gets to play his former team, you know, the Nashville Predators, uh, one of his former teams. So uh, there's no question about it that uh, Yarncroke will be on my list of uh, goal props and player props tonight. From this game, bunting with Nylander and Engvall. I think Pierre Engvall is a little undervalued. Uh, moving to play with Nylander and bunting tonight in this game. If you look at Engvall's recent numbers, uh, he has scored four goals for the uh, Leafs and notched uh, five points for them uh, in the uh, last uh, eight or nine games. And keep in mind that was down the lineup. And this is now an opportunity for him to play in the top six tonight with bunting and Nylander. So, I think that could be a, a prop worth looking at for the Leafs tonight in this game. Uh, Bobby McMahon, by the way, will make his NHL debut tonight. He's the one that will be in the lineup in uh, with Matthews out. He's the one that draws in. He'll play on the third line, it looks like, with uh, Camp and with uh, Kerfoot. Nashville, on the other hand, look, uh, in terms of their offense, I keep going back to the well with uh, Thomas Novak here for the uh, Nashville Predators. Keeps on rewarding me. He scored three goals, and he has five points in the last six games for the Nashville Predators. He's been one of the best, most undervalued uh, player prop options lately for them. Same with Yusuf Parson, and more so points for him than goals. But boy, he has certainly uh, made the most of being on the top line, getting more minutes. Uh, he has four points in the last three games for the uh, Predators. All assists with for uh, Yusuf Parson and playing in between uh, Philip Forsberg and Colton Sissons, by the way, has moved on up as well to the uh, top line, and he's made the most of it as well. How about three goals and five points in the last six games for Colton Sissons playing on the top line? So another undervalued player prop potentially there for Nashville. So it's a very good player prop type of game. A lot of situations where you got guys playing in the, up the lineup that aren't accustomed to being there, and you get value in their props as a result. So good game for props. I like Nashville, though, here. I'm going to take a shot with them as a big dog, plus 160. You could argue their goaltending's been every bit as good, if not better, right now than Toronto's the last few games as well, with Soros just on the top of his form, especially in his last two starts. Uh, what do you think here, Matt, Nashville, and Toronto? Yeah, I actually like your Nashville going into Toronto. Uh, I'm looking at the under in this game, kind of like what you talked about. The goaltending for Nashville's been 
awesome. Both guys, you know, but what you see Saros, and I believe Saros is getting the start tonight. And if Star if Saros is in tonight, I'm 100% on the under. And for Toronto, like you said, with Matthews out, with the shuffling of the lines, you know, Tavares has been great. Tavares has had a great year. Um, you got to kind of tip your cap to what Tavares has done this year, kind of a, you know, a bounce back year, even though he didn't have a terrible year last year, a bounce back year. If you're looking for maybe a player prop on Toronto, you could look at Tavares. I like Tavares tonight. But to me, this game screams under. Uh, I do like the Colton Citizens moving up to the top line. If you can get some value there, if you can get, you know, 340, four, four plus 400, I mean, you might be able to get a real good number on Citizens tonight. I would look at Citizens. But to me, this game screams under the way Nashville plays defensively. They don't, they play a 1 2 2. They do not try. They try and beat you one nothing. They try and beat you two one. And with Toronto, especially with Matthews out, with the line shaken up, I do like the under in this game. And I also think potentially Nashville could pull out a could pull out a close win, maybe an OT win, maybe a two one win, uh, maybe a three two win. But I don't see it going over six tonight. So I'm on the under for this game. But I do like potentially Tavares to get one for the Leafs. All right, there we go. Uh, Tavares props for uh, Toronto here uh, for the uh, Leafs to uh, make an impact. Like I say, I like the props involving I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. And I love singing that, as you can tell. Uh, Cali Yarncroke uh, for the Leafs against his old team. He's been really good. He's had three points, by the way, in the win against Philadelphia uh, on Sunday. It was a huge game from him. Uh, in the victory over the uh, Flyers, two. Uh, what did he have uh, in that game? No, he had a goal. No, he had just one point. Sorry, he had one point, but he's been very. No, he had, did have three points. One goal, two assists, uh, and he's been very good in the point production category, especially. You look at uh, Yarncroke here. The last nine games: three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, eight, and eleven points. So that's eleven points in the last nine games. Uh, for uh, Cali uh, Yarncroke. So uh, that has been uh, just terrific to see that. And uh, like I say, he's been one of the better prop options lately, value-wise, for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. All right, so that is the uh, first part of the card. It's only a four-game card. We've got two more games to go. We'll be back, Matt and I, to preview those right after we hear from our great sponsors, Gramco. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys. Uh, two games left here on this uh, card for this uh, Wednesday night. We'll go to... Uh, out west now to the Duck Pond, uh, Honda Center, uh, Edmonton Oilers, Anaheim Ducks. It is uh, Edmonton minus 250, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Oilers off that very emotional cauldron, if you will, uh, against the LA Kings. That game definitely had way more intensity to it than just your average run-of-the-mill regular season game, you know, at the beginning of January. 
clearly you can tell there was animosity built up with those two teams from all the playoff history last year. And already they played once earlier in the regular season, very physical, three fights in the game. And what I loved about that game is it wasn't fights because, oh, you hit my guy clean, clean hit. You got to all of a sudden drop the gloves now. That's the way it is these days, it seems, uh, in the NHL. No, the three fights were simply, hey, we don't like you, you don't like us, and we're getting sick and tired of each other. And that's what I loved about the three fights with the uh, Oilers and Kings game the other night. What the Oilers won't like is the way they played once again defensively. The penalty kill was horrendous. Uh, the LA Kings power play did whatever they wanted uh, in that game uh, against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And, and then on the flip side, Edmonton's usually very good power play, which had scored in three straight games, was held to 0 for 6 in the 6-3 loss to the LA Kings the other night. So it was a special teams nightmare for the Oilers. Uh, of course, it was a rough night for Skinner who's been very good, but not one of his better nights. And Jack Campbell comes in. Jack Campbell actually didn't play that bad, I thought, when he came into the game. It was And look, Jack Campbell's going to be uh, in net tonight, it looks like, for the Edmonton Oilers uh, in this game. Uh, the reason for that is obviously uh, Skinner uh, away from the team for the birth of his first child uh, for the uh, next two games. So he's not only going to miss this game tonight in Anaheim, but San Jose on Friday, that will also be Jack Campbell. Uh, who will be in net that night as well with Skinner away from the team. So, again, we've said this a million times, uh, Matt, with uh, Jack Campbell here. He's going to have an opportunity to, I don't say get his number one job back, but at least make a case, a strong statement to Jay Woodcroft and the Oilers coaching staff that give me more starts. Give me more of the net. I'm ready to turn this shit around. I'm ready to get my season back on track following maybe the most disastrous start you could imagine for a guy with his new team. Here's another opportunity for him here tonight against the uh, Anaheim Ducks, who you can't make heads or tails of this team in terms of what you're going to see one night to the next. They've been schizophrenic. They've had these nights, believe it or not, lately where they have shown up from time to time. They beat Vegas in a shootout 3-2. They shut out a very good Dallas team. And in both games, John Gibson, who was in net for those games, was spectacular. They come back and they beat San Jose uh, by a score of 5-4 in overtime. And then they have games like they had against Philadelphia. Lifeless, lethargic, beaten down 4-1. The game against Nashville, lifeless, lethargic, beaten down 6-1. The Boston game just recently, lifeless, lethargic, beaten down again 7-1 at the hands of the uh, Boston Bruins. So it's a very schizophrenic team. It's a, it's a hard team to bet and still a team I'd probably rather bet against than bet on right now uh still without of course drysdale on the blue line for them but the big key is uh or the big potential absence tonight is trevor zegris illness is what he is dealing with right now his status for tonight's game is up in the air he's going to be a game time decision obviously still a pretty good season for trevor uh 12 goals 19 assists and 31 points in 41 games for him this year with the anaheim ducks may not be in the lineup due to this illness so keep an eye on that but you know, I'm thinking of some way to bet Edmonton here. I mean, I'm, I'm th look, if Jack, Jack Campbell's playing one of the worst teams in the NHL, and he actually played fairly okay, in my opinion, in relief of Skinner uh, in the game against L.A. the other night. I mean, he's he's still a guy that was had a great run, more good than bad in Toronto. Can he find it? He's playing one of the worst teams in the NHL. And look, it's not like Anaheim's been lighting up the scoreboard. Other than the 5-4 game against San Jose, you know, this is a team that scored one against Boston, two against Dallas, one against Philly, and one against Nashville. 
So they haven't exactly been lighting it up offensively, this Anaheim team. It's the perfect opportunity for Jack Campbell, if he's ever going to find a great game in net for the Oilers, you would think it could be tonight here uh, in this one. The The over-series history can't be ignored. I mean, we've seen uh, seven straight overs head-to-head between the Oilers and the Ducks. So I am on the over just because of that. Small. I, I am so honestly concerned about the lack of scoring lately for the Ducks. And I'm concerned that Jack Campbell steps up and plays maybe his best game of the season. But it also wouldn't shock me if it's the same old mediocre Jack Campbell and there's a goal or two that gets past him that he probably should stop because he has had, it seems, in the majority of his games this year, that one goal that he probably should have back. And he's got to try to avoid that here tonight. But series history is too strong to ignore. So I am on over six and a half uh, in this game. And as far as the... Um, the the money line's a little too juicy, or the team total on the Oilers, I should say, is a little bit too juiced here. Three and a half minus 165. Um, I might take a shot here with the first period on the Oilers here, minus a half, plus 110. It's really about the only value that there is. The money, the regulation price isn't even all that great. So I'm probably going to be an over six and a half and a little bit on the first period puck line, plus 110 is what I'll be looking at here in this one. If you like the full game puck line, by the way, in this game, you're looking at about minus 110 uh, even money. Uh, Like I say, I'll I'll roll the dice with the first period puck line instead because you're getting a little better price at plus 110. Uh, What do you think here, uh, Matt, Oilers and Ducks? This is a game where you could see a a whole lot of different scores. It's, It's a tough game to figure out, like you said, the Ducks, they're just, they can't put the puck in the net. And especially if Zegers is out tonight, I mean, you might not see them put put anything on the board. That being said, you made the case for Campbell. He needs a win tonight. If you're the Edmonton Oilers, you need to find a way to win this game by two or three goals, especially playing the worst team, one of the worst, if not, you know, one of the worst teams in the league. This is one you need to walk into the rink with two points. I look at Connor McDavid to put one in, and you're probably not getting great odds on McDavid to score tonight, but you're playing the worst team in the league. You got the... Got the you know players probably going to win the MVP. To me, this is one where you bet Connor McDavid to score. Connor McDavid is looking to win the win the Rocket Richard this year. For him to win the Rocket Richard, which probably looks like he's going to, but for him to definitely win it, he needs to score against bad teams. He scores a lot against good teams. I know he scores a lot against bad teams. This is one where Connor McDavid needs to put a goal in the net tonight. So I look at McDavid. Like you said, Oilers money line. It's hard to say what could happen because we just don't know what we're going to get from the Oilers and we don't know what we're going to get from the Ducks. So it's crazy enough to say this could be a 2-1 hockey game. I don't see it happening, but it wouldn't surprise me at the same point if it does. But for the Ducks, you know, if you're going to be bad, be really bad. Uh, you don't, you don't want to say that, but from a management side of things, I'm sure they'd be okay with finishing last in the league and having the best shot at Bedard. But for the Ducks, it's especially with Zegras gone, they just don't have enough offense to put pucks in the net. So I do look at Edmonton to win this game. I don't know if I'm going to throw anything on the money line just because, like you said, it's not paying very well. So And it's risky, too. And this could be a game where you see a you know, a 4-1 win for Edmonton. So the over does scare me a little bit. But that being said, it has been seven straight overs. And I like, I like riding with overs. I like going when they're you know there's weird things that happen like toronto can't win in in arizona for you know 20 years whatever it is this is one too where seven straight overs you kind of have to take the over don't you because if you don't you feel like you're gonna you feel like you you missed out on easy money if you don't take the over tonight so 
I probably will take the over, even though I don't love the over. And Anaheim just can't score goals. So Edmonton needs to win this game. Hopefully it's 6-1, but uh, it's one that Edmonton needs to win, and I'm on McDavid to get one tonight. Yeah, I, you're right. Anaheim's lack of offense lately concerns me about the over, but if I see and you're, exactly what you said, I see seven straight head-to-head meetings going over the total. I don't question it. I, I go with it. I go with it. It's With any two teams, if I were to see, let's say it's um, Chicago and Arizona, if what if eight no to the over with those two teams in the last eight head to head meetings? I'd be betting the over in the ninth meeting, you know, you got some because sometimes that's just what you get when two certain teams collide. And uh, it's not, and plus two, it's worth noting, uh, you know, for these recent head to head meetings, okay, they went from Tippett to Woodcroft, but they're both kind of similar in the way they approach the game. So the coaching, and they've had Dallas Akins this whole time here in Anaheim. So it's been pretty much similar coaches for the most part, during this 7-0 and overrun. So, yeah, that is not a bad option from Brent in our chat here, uh, mentioning that the uh, Oilers and over 5.5 combo is uh, – actually, it's plus 108 at Pinnacle for that. Uh, and that's probably the way to bet it if you like. If you want to try to bet Edmonton, uh, you either have to look at a first-period puck line or a full-game puck line, or you could go that combo bet. Edmonton money line and over 5.5 uh, in this game, which is actually not bad. It's actually not a bad – look in this game at all the values there it's plus 108 Edmonton should win the game you know and if they win the game they what doesn't matter if they win by a goal or they win by six goals and then you get the over at five and a half instead of six and a half so that Edmonton money line and over five and a half you know plus 108 plus 110 that's pretty good it's a pretty good way to approach this game uh, in my opinion no question about that as far as the props go uh, in this one uh I'll tell you what, he fought in the last game. I, I want him to start scoring goals with the position in the lineup that he's been placed, Clem Costin, but he did get into a fight the other night uh, against Brendan Lemieux. Hopefully he can start putting the puck in the net. We've bet him a couple times. He hasn't found it yet, but it looks like Costin with McDavid and Yamamoto might be your top line, and Kyler Yamamoto moving up to the top line might give you some value. And Ryan McLeod looks like he's moving up to the second line with Dreisaitl and Hyman, so... There's another one, Ryan McLeod moving up the lineup. Could be some value with his props tonight. The only one I would bet for Anaheim tonight is McTavish because McTavish is starting to find it. You know, he has actually been one of their best offensive players lately. He's been going up to the number one power play unit. If you look at McTavish in the last uh, three games, he has three goals and six points uh, in the last three games for the Anaheim Ducks. So there is no doubt Mason McTavish is getting a level of comfort now going. Uh, He is the one that's been basically carrying things a little bit for the uh, Ducks lately. Whatever offense they have gotten the last uh, few games, McTavish has played a big part in it. So uh, no question, his props definitely worth a look tonight. All right, final game of this uh, short Wednesday slate, San Jose Sharks, LA Kings. We've got LA minus 210 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, Tough spot for San Jose. Now they did play a pretty solid road game last night against Arizona, 4-2 win, but now they're on a back-to-back, have to go to L.A. tonight. Rested Kings team off the uh, 6-3 win against Edmonton uh, on Monday night. So it definitely does favor the Kings. They have won three in a row against the Sharks after the Sharks kind of had a a hex on the Kings for the longest time where San Jose had dominated L.A. And suddenly L.A. is starting to turn the tables a little bit. Uh, They have won three in a row. Uh, against uh, the uh, San Jose Sharks. Something that is definitely worth noticing here with this uh, game tonight is you look at San Jose 
Uh, and in the uh, last uh, six games that they have uh, played, uh, four of them, they have been trailing after the first period. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in a Kings first period puck line look again, because that look probably is a little bit better than the uh, full game puck line because of the pricing uh, for full game puck line with the uh, Kings tonight would be minus one and a half plus 120. Uh, you get that first period puck line here with the Kings. You're talking upwards of uh, plus uh, 140 uh, with that one. So that's de- and the thing is, too, L.A. has been a hot starting team. So you have San Jose. They've been kind of getting off to these slow starts, falling behind uh, in the first period of hockey games uh, lately. You look at the L.A. Kings. They were up 2-1 on Edmonton after the first period, up one nothing on Vegas after the first period. Even the game they lost to Boston at home, 5-2, they were leading one nothing after the first period. The 3-2 win against Dallas, they were up one nothing after the first period. So it has been consistently the Kings starting strong. 2-1, uh, another game they lost to Philadelphia at home, 4-2, but they were leading 2-1 after the first period. So again, the Kings have definitely been coming out strong, playing great in the first 20 minutes. And I think that's the best way to bet this game is just Kings first period. San Jose's not had great first periods. LA has been repeatedly getting ahead and carrying the lead uh, into the first intermission. So uh, Kings first period puck line for me, minus a half, good price, plus 140. Uh, and uh, I think that's definitely the best way to go about it here in a, in a game where, again, minus 210 favorite the better team, the better spot, because they've got the rest advantage. Sharks are on the back-to-back. I think Kings first period puck line, at least in my opinion, the best way to approach it. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Matt, Sharks and King? Yeah, like you said, this is a game where the Sharks are coming in after playing very good last night, but they are not a great hockey team, and it's tough to put two games you know, back-to-back, put two solid efforts together. And like you said, the Kings have been starting very hot lately. Like you said, I think four or five straight games with the lead after the first. I look at a guy you love, I, I follow on on uh, on the Kings. He, I look at him potentially to put one in tonight. Uh, he's been great for the player props. The Kings are really starting to find themselves as a team. You know, they got they didn't start off well this year, but it seems that they're they're finding themselves as a team. The goaltending's been better. They're you know they're playing good hockey. And they're moving up the standings in the Western Conference. I think they're second now in the in their division, and they're they're a tough team. And it's a tough the LA is a tough spot to play. They don't get enough credit for it. it's not an easy barn to walk into. And San Jose coming off the game last night, like we said, good win, but it's it's not easy for a you know a bad team to put two good efforts together, especially on a back to back without a day or two off. So to me. I look at the Kings to win. I really don't like that over six and a half. I think I might lean to the under. Uh, I think this could be a three, one, four, two game. I don't see this one going. I don't see seven goals happening in this game. I just, it's tough on a back to back for, for the Sharks and the Sharks don't have a lot of offense to begin with. So to me, I look at potentially under in this game, but I look at a Kings win and the under but I like that Kings first period, like you talked about, uh, you know, and, and like you said, the Sharks have not started well either. The Sharks score a lot of goals in the third period when they're already trailing by two or three goals and make close games out of it. But the problem with that is you're still not winning the hockey game. So to me, I look at the Kings. I look at if, if I follows in the lineup, I look at him to get one. Um, I'm on Kings tonight, but I, I'm looking under for this game. 
Yeah, I, I have been for a better part of the last couple of weeks, certainly since the Christmas break, riding Sharks overs, but I finally lost one last night and I'm off it tonight because I do feel that uh, we might see a little bit uh, lower scoring in this game tonight uh, given the situation and plus the series history that the recent at dead meetings have trended under. Three of the last four between the uh, Sharks and Kings have gone uh, under the uh, total. And I think, and kind of like we talked about with this unbelievable stretch with Edmonton, where, you know, they have been going uh, over after an under, uh, it's been kind of the opposite lately for LA when they have a, uh, when they have an over, they've gone under uh, in the uh, next game. And of course they had a higher scoring affair with the Oilers. Their next game usually goes under uh, at least of late in that situation. So could see this game definitely staying uh, under the total. I like Kings first period puck line though, uh, in this one, again, the Sharks, have long-term, like long-term, beyond the last three, which the Kings have won head-to-head against the Sharks, each of the last three. But long-term, the Sharks have done very well against the Kings. Someone in the chat did mention 15-5, and five, the last 20 visits to L.A. for San Jose. But uh, that's going back a lot further. We've seen the Kings sort of tilt the play in their favor now in this series history in the recent meetings. And keep in mind, the Sharks are 3-6 and six this year on the second night of back-to-back games. So uh, not great. Uh, the record for them uh, in this spot when they're playing back-to-back. So uh, for me, Kings first period puck line, and it looks like Matt's interested in the Kings in some form as well as the under here uh, with uh, San Jose and L.A. Uh, Prop-wise, just briefly on this one, uh, when you look at the uh, matchup, uh, you know, you, I think when you look at uh, who's uh, starting to click and who's starting to get things going, Kempe's starting to get going uh, for the uh, Kings. Fiala's had a great stretch. You know, I'm going to back off, pump the brakes on Byfield a little bit because he's been upgraded to the top line. He just hasn't been clicking yet there. Uh, it's taken him some time to get, I think, comfortable in the uh, greater amount of minutes that he's getting. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to probably pump the brakes on his props tonight. follows a good look, as uh, Matt mentioned, because, you know, a lot of his uh, offensive production has improved significantly over the last few weeks. So definitely a good game for some prop options on the L.A. side. San Jose Barabanov is the one that I still think remains undervalued for them. If you're going to look at a prop for the San Jose Sharks in that in in that game, all right, great stuff with uh, Matthew uh, Wright. We will come back in just a second with best bets. Reminder: Patreon.com/slash/IceGuys as well. Uh, make sure you check out the Patreon page and sign up. Just ten dollars a month daily. Ice Guys betting card posted there every day. Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, and more. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. We'll be back to wrap it up with best bets right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code ICEGUYS, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com. Using the promo code ICEGUYS, you get the performance package 4.0. It is a game changer. The Lawnmower 4.0, it takes care of this. Among other things, uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be 
uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, makes uh, part of the package that you get with your manscaped purchase and the manscaped performance package 4.0 you also get the ball toner you also get the ball deodorant keep you uh smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions this package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better slim trim that's what it's all about and manscape.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, it is time for Best Bets here on this Wednesday. Uh, great job by Matt once again, his second appearance on the show. Matt, best bet, what do you got? Tonight, I'm on the under Toronto. Toronto National under, like we said, UC Saros been playing great, especially if Saros starts tonight, I'm on the under. But I also like Tavares to potentially get one for the Leafs. So I'm under in the game, but I'm on Tavares to get one for the Leafs. All right, there we go. So uh, John Tavares, anytime goal scorer uh, prop. Uh, in the uh, plus 200 range or so, or so for the uh, Leafs tonight. And also that under uh, Toronto-Nashville, uh, Nashville-Toronto under six, minus 115 for uh, Matt Wright, his best bet for this Wednesday card. Yes, Phoenix Copley is uh, confirmed, is likely in that. Actually, Reimer's confirmed. We don't have Phoenix Copley confirmed yet, but I'd be stunned if it's not him. 11-2 and two this season as a starter for the Kings. He's been absolutely terrific. So uh, Matt Wright looking at the under and also a bonus goal prop for Tavares uh, in that game. My best bet for this uh, card, uh, it's not my favorite card, but uh, hey, let's swing for the fences. My best bet's going to come from that uh, Nashville-Toronto game as well. Nashville, uh, plus 160 uh, against Toronto. I think it's you know a very good price for a team that is, look, are they getting outshot, outchanced a little bit in some of these wins they've had? Yes, the Carolina game in particular. But UC Saros is at the top of his game right now. I don't know if he's played two better games in a row than he did against Carolina last week and then the 3-0 shutout against Ottawa uh, on Monday night. Great goaltending gives you a chance to win every single night. And you know what these Leaf games against Western Conference opponents in the middle of the week at home sometimes can turn into? These slop fests, these dull games, these games where they go through the motions and the crowd is dead as a doornail. Uh, there's no noise going on in that Scotiabank arena for these midweek games against a team you don't have a traditional rivalry uh, with, uh, and the Leafs could fall victim to that uh, once again here tonight. So uh, Nashville plus a 160. Uh, the Leafs are always a risk when they're laying this kind of number. So Nashville plus 160 on a roll. We'll go with them for a best bet here. Uh, take a shot at a big dog. Uh, on this Wednesday card. Uh, great stuff, Matt. Uh, we'll let you get back to uh, business and, and work at hand. And uh, not the last time we'll see you on the show, though. We will get you back on at least a handful more times before the end of the season. Awesome. Well, I appreciate being on tonight, today, Ian. And 
you know, best of luck with, uh, with everything you have coming on here in the next couple months and look forward to being on again and looking forward to watching some hockey tonight. So uh, thanks for having me on and uh, I'm sure we'll do this again down the road. No doubt. Absolutely. A great stuff from Matt Wright and a reminder to everyone in the chat, uh, make sure you tune into the show live every single day. The Ice Guys, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. Uh, if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. It's funny. Someone asks about the next BetCast. I was going to save that till tomorrow with Alex being back. But I will announce it now because we've confirmed it. it's going to be Tuesday, January the 24th. That is going to be the next BetCast uh, for the Ice Guys, Tuesday, January 24th. So it's not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. That is when we will have our January Ice Guys Live BetCast, uh, Tuesday, January 24th, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So excited and looking forward to that, as always. Those are always a lot of fun. All right, for Matt Wright, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday. Alex B. Smith is back. We've got a great guest, Jordan Kristanovich, joining us as well on the Thursday edition of the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. 